testing. Not sure if you saw this article, but it says, Why did Fossey, Dr. Fossey, move herd immunity goal post? Fossey publicly admitted to manipulating data in order to manipulate our behavior. We won't be able to get the people to do what we want them to do unless we mislead them, is what he right out uh, confessed to. And that is uh, very interesting. We've obviously seen them change things here and there and there and here. And many people have said before he confessed this that what he confessed was what he was doing. But but this is an issue that we are dealing with in ever so increasing uh, uh, ways. The manipulation of, of uh, minds through the misrepresentation of information, um, information control, suppressed information, scrubbed information. It's, it's very uh, frustrating. And the end of the day, all of the um, isolation stuff that's been going on over the past several months during the pandemic, one of the things it's done is it's driven people to digital platforms and the use of digital platforms uh, like never, never before. And there's a lot of corrupt politicians who are linked to people who are the owners of digital platforms. And so uh, they're like, man, we're, we're loving this pandemic. This is good for us. And uh, it's putting a lot of other people out of business, but uh, who cares as long as we're benefiting. And uh, it seems that, you know, they maybe uh, want to do some things to kind of help prolong the pandemic, kind of keep it going and uh, keep people concerned and keep people uh, uh, fearful, so on and so forth. We're going into 2021, and, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody get past this and move forward and get our lives and our world uh, back to normal. And so, uh, well, there's a mantra out there that says, well, but we have to follow the science, follow the science. But as many have asked, and I would ask as well to that, which science are you talking about? Are you talking about actual, honest science? Or are you talking about the bought and paid for politicized science? Because both do exist. And uh, there is real information, there's false information. Which one are you talking about? Are you talking about the science that moves goalposts around and is forever manipulating data that is uh, cooking the books like they have uh, exposed and, and proven um, that uh, the books have been cooked for years concerning uh, climate change data, so on and so forth. And uh, again, the same rationale is given. Well, we, we have to do that so the pe- right, so you can get the people to behave the way you want them to behave instead of just being honest and letting people uh, make you know, their own decisions. But the reality is, when you say follow the science, if you're talking about honest science, I actually like that. I like the concept of honest science because honest science 
productive science, useful science. It involves using the mind that God has given us to figure out how things that He has created work within His overall creation. Let me give you a definition of science. Science is defined this way. The intellectual and practical activity encompassing the systematic study of the structure and behavior of the physical and natural world through observation and experiment. Science, a lot of times people don't realize they're conducting scientific uh, experiments all the time. Uh, you're testing things out, checking things out, see how they work. You're observing the results and, uh, you know, you're gathering data in your mind and, and you're determined, oh, wow, you know, something sparks, something uh, uh, burns you, something, uh, uh, you know, melts. You didn't want it to melt or something didn't melt and you wanted it to melt. So, okay, well, I, I, let me try something different. And you're conducting little uh, uh, scientific experiments all the time. Sometimes you meant to uh, bake a big, nice, fluffy cake, and, and it comes out like a pancake. And you say, well, okay, I think maybe I shouldn't have done this little thing that I did over here. And, uh, but you can always just play it off and say, no, I meant to make a pancake. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so anyways, uh, there's honest science, and there's not... And then there's uh, obviously dishonest science. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. God made them, and God knows best how they work. God knows best how his creation works. God knows how things within his creation best work. Romans 1, 16 through 20 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first, also the Greek, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Notice, the just shall live by faith, not by unbelief and fear. Verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in righteousness. We have a lot of people today who suppress truth in unrighteousness because they have unrighteous intentions they have unrighteous agendas and uh, the truth is going to get in their way so they've got to you know falsify things that goes on a lot in our world today verse 19 because what might be known of god is manifest in them for god has shown it to them verse 20 for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes are clearly seen there's some very important science right here, okay? And, and science that not only proves the existence of God, but science that proves that God is ultimately in control. Follow me on this tonight. Since the creation of the world, His, that's God, 
His invisible attributes are clearly seen. If you know how to look for them, if you know how to do the little scientific experiment of uh, observation and experiment, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, the Trinity. There are things that you can understand about the Trinity, okay, uh, and, and his, his attributes, okay, you can, by studying His creation. And he says, because of that, people who do not believe are without excuse. They have no excuse to not believe because the, the simple, honest science is right there. And I want to minister a message that I've entitled, Following the Science Within God's Word. Because there is a science within God's Word that if you follow God's Word, you will follow that science and your life will be better for it. And I want to put it up against a lot of the science that we see uh, being, uh, supposed science that we see being implemented today. I want to talk about, first of all, about quarantine the sick, not the healthy masses. Now, that's a science that experiment that, that we've been doing for eight or nine months. We've been quarantining the masses because of an illness or a health issue. There has been, in some places, the quarantining of whole cities, whole states, and in some cases, whole countries. Been on lockdown, quarantined. Whole entire business sectors have been quarantined. It's amazing. Certain people in Los Angeles, cannot have picnic tables on the outside of their restaurant setting 20 feet apart from each other eating food. But they can go to the L.A. airport and get on an airplane and sit two inches from somebody without a mask and eat food, talk and laugh with food and and garble flying out of their mouth. And that's okay. So, so I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure out the, the science here. It's, it seems a little inconsistent. But, you know, it's like, okay, oh no, well, we don't want, I think the reality is we don't want this business to shut down, but we want this business to shut down. So when should the few or the sick be quarantined? Leviticus 13, 1 through 6, it is not a concept that is foreign to uh, God, His Word. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, When a man has on the, the skin of his body a swelling, a scab, a bright spot, and it becomes on the skin... Uh, of his body like a leprous sore, then he shall be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons of the priest. The priest shall examine the sore, the skin of the body. If the hair on the sore has turned white and the, sp- and the sore appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is a leprous sore. Then the priest shall examine him and pronounce him unclean. But if the bright spot is white on the skin of his body and does not appear to be deeper than the skin, 
and its hair is not turned white, then the priest shall isolate the one who has the sore for seven days. So he shall quarantine this guy because he's sick. He's got leprosy. He probably has leprosy, and it's very contagious. And that's practical. That makes sense. Verse 5, And the priest shall examine him on the seventh day. And indeed, if the sore appears to be as it was, and the sore has not spread on the skin, then the priest shall isolate him another seven days. Then the priest shall examine him again on the seventh day, and indeed, if the sore is not faded, if the sore has faded, and the sore is not spread on the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. It's only a scab, false alarm, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean, and he can go on about his business. Okay, so here the word of God says, isolate him, not everything and everyone else. The Bible doesn't say, oh, oh, somebody's got leprosy. Shut down the whole entire civilization. That's, that's not the science that God teaches us to follow. And leprosy is bad stuff, folks. <laughs> leprosy is bad stuff. But he never tells anybody else to shut down or stop functioning. Just take the one that is showing some symptoms and, and quarantine them until... Uh, you know, things run this course or he confirmed that he's uh, uh, overcoming or whatnot. Luke 17, 11 through 16. Now it happened as he went, this is Jesus, to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered the certain village, there met 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. Okay, because they're contagious. And so uh, they were understandably exercising some social distancing. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, here's some more good science for you. God is able to heal. Verse 14, so when uh, he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. There is a practical health protocol here. As we already just read, it's the protocol. They were to go show to Aaron, the priest. The priest makes a dec- you know, determines whether or not it's kind of doing uh, the work of a physician there. And, uh, and so Jesus knew he had the power to heal these guys, but he didn't teach them to break the health protocol. That wouldn't be helpful. He, he has no problem with, uh, with the uh, quarantining of of highly sick, highly contagious people. That's practical. It's common sense. And he wasn't there to teach people to violate that. So uh, he healed these guys, and he told them, go and uh, you know follow the protocol, get a confirmation uh, that you're healed. And so it was as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, as they acted in faith, as they believed, God healed them. They acted in faith. Faith has a very positive effect upon our hearts, our minds, our emotions, our spirit. But unbelief and fear and despair have a very negative effect. And I pray for you. And I pray for anyone who happens to get COVID who at the same time is smitten with fear because it's going to cause the virus to have even more of a devastating effect upon you. And I understand it's ugly, it's nasty, and nobody wants it. But God has not given us a spirit of fear. We're not designed to operate with fear, but we're being trained and we're being taught to fear uh, and to have a lot of fear, and that's not healthy. 
Anyways, moving on, verse 15, one of them, when he saw he was healed, he returned with a loud voice, he glorified God, and he fell down on his face and his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So we see that God understands quarantining from a practical position, not like what we have seen here in America and across the world in 2020. What we have seen is a complete backwards approach to the science God's Word teaches us. So secondly, I want to talk about obedience to God's Word and healthy immune systems. Because I want a healthy immune system, and I would like to think that you would like a healthy immune system. In the beginning of the pandemic, I, I preached the message and, uh, that I, where I talked about the, the germs were more afraid of, of, of me and my friends <laughs> than we were of them. And we built up our immunity systems uh, with blood, sweat, and dirt. And uh, the blood and the sweat coming off of all of our bodies because we played uh, really hard and we, we, we got scuffed up and we bled. And, and I knew what it was like. I, I, I know what it tastes like to have blood. I know what blood tastes like. I know what sweat tastes like. And I know what dirt tastes like. And I know what all three mingled together in my mouth tastes like. And sometimes mingled together with the blood and the dirt and the sweat that come off my friends. All mixed with my blood, sweat. And, and, and we played like that. And we handled uh, uh, lizards and toads. And, and people told us, oh, you can't handle those toads. You're going to get warts, you know. And you'd be, oh, and they, oh, can't believe you're down there in that dirty ditch water, uh, you know, playing down. Yeah, but there's these really cool tadpoles in there, you know. And, man, we got gunk and goo and, and, and fish and toads and lizards and, and fish and, and dirt and everything all, all over our hands. And then we eat a bologna sandwich you know with those same fingers and we had rocking immune systems okay and so I'm very concerned all joking aside I am actually very very concerned about people who are making now their life goal to never come in contact with the germ that is not healthy for you and if you're wearing the same mask two days in a row, that's not healthy for you. And if you got the same disposable mask for more than 30 minutes, that's not healthy for you. This is a, this is a fact. Now, I can back what I'm saying with science, with actual, factual science. And so, from what I have learned about building up our immune systems for the past 53 years of my life. And all that I learned from my parents and what they described when they were children and my grandparents from what they described and, and from all the books that I have read that, that, that span uh, uh, stories and information and history over thousands of years and from all that I've learned from the Bible. All the science that is being, you know, uh, crammed, trying to be crammed on me over this past eight months completely contradicts everything I've ever read 
anything I've ever studied, anything I was ever taught in school. And, um, you know, you talk about, we talk about this, this Dr. Fossey guy. Okay, so he's supposed to be the, the smartest uh, virologist, uh, you know, doctor guy, you know, in America. And, and he's changed his position on masks. He's changed his uh, position on social distancing. He's changed his position. And he even admitted he's moved the goalpost around and uh, he's falsified data. And all okay, why is the smartest, that's the smartest we have in, in well, I first believe this, but then I believe, well, you didn't already know. I mean, we're talking about simple stuff. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. You know, uh, when's a mask important? When's a mask not important? Who should wear a mask? Who should, who should quarantine? Who shouldn't? Who, you know, and, and so, um, you know, the World Health Organization of all, of all uh, 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 people here recently, I don't know if they are now because they've probably been told to shut up, but uh, recently they were begging and pleading for mayors and governors to stop using extreme shutdowns for the treating of this virus. He said, you are making poor people more poor across the world, and that's leading to a whole other host of, of issues and problems and health issues and so on and so forth. And so, well, that's because, uh, back to our first point, you don't quarantine the masses. When there's a health issue, you quarantine those who are infected. And so, anyhow, biblical perspective, you know, is what we what we need because God's word stands above everything, and it doesn't move the goalpost. Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. This is the rock we can build our lives on. It, 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 is, it provides a hope that is an anchor for our soul. It brings stability. It is non-changing, everlasting truth. And so we need a biblical perspective. The Bible provides for us not only recorded human history, but the most important human history uh, to be ever be considered. And I want you to consider uh, the exodus of God's people uh, out of Egypt. Exodus 12, 37 through 38, the NIV version. The Israelites journeyed from uh, Ramesses to Succoth. Uh, there wore about 600,000 men on foot besides women and children. So the Bible often will do that. It will number the men, and then it'll say, and then and plus the women and, and the children. So 600,000 men, then all the women and all the kids, that is going to bring it up to like a million five. But verse 38 says, but many other people went up with them, and also large droves of livestock, both flocks and herds. So there was other peoples that were influenced by what God was doing uh, in and through the Israelites, and they, they said, hey, we want to hitch our wagon to that. And so many scholars believe that this was t up to 2 million people that were all tightly knit together, cramming in tents together and wandering through foreign land, through a wilderness together for 40 years. 
They are tightly compacted together. There is no social distancing. They are traveling through the wilderness. And um, even when sickness broke out, they, they uh, uh, stayed uh, uh, functioning. And the unspoken reality of the dynamic of that situation that was going on that is not spelled out but is obvious is herd immunity. That is a phrase that is coming under attack right now because they don't want you to, don't, don't, don't talk about herd immunity. Don't, don't listen to herd immunity. That's dangerous. And her, her, herd immunity is not even a real thing. Oh, what? <laughs> what? Excuse me? <laughs> that, that is like the oldest factual science from the beginning of the world. Herd immunity has been proven over and over. Uh, what are you talking about? What is going on? Why is there so much dishonesty? That's like saying, well, we just now discovered (laughs) that H2O is actually just H2. There is actually no oxygen part. No, no, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute. No, you can't just change that. That, Oh, no, that's that's, that's how it is, man. Why do you want us to believe that for? No, we see the fish. They're in the water. They're breathing. They're in the water, and they're breathing. There's oxygen in the water. Oh, no, no, that just looks like they're breathing. That's just some dumb, weird thing that fish do. But no, no, there's no oxygen in the water. It's just H2. It's not H2O. We always thought it was H2O, but it's really just H2. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that's going on. And so, um, you know, the, uh, uh, it's very concerning. It's like, why, why are you... Why are you... Uh, Changing things that are long been established and confirmed. And so, anyhow, uh, God gives the children of Israel, He gives these two million vagabonds, He gives them primary instructions for staying healthy. Primary instruction number one, Exodus 15, 26. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and you do what is right in His sight, give ear to His commandments and keep all His statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. First and foremost, first step towards being healthy. Period. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and yes, physically. The first step to being healthy is obeying God's word diligently. These people, you know, uh, if you were one of these vagabonds there, you were around millions of people every day. You were in the dirt you were around animals. You were around crying, germ-carrying babies. There was animal stuff everywhere, and I'll just leave it at that. It was messy. And they was healthy. Healthy as they could be. So long as they were obeying God. Some sickness came on them a time or two when they were disobedient. And God reminded them, 
So you work all that out as well uh, with things that are going on in the world today. But so long as they would be obedient to God, and you know, one of the big, listen, one of the big key things here of God's Word, one of the big things that God's Word commands us to do is to assemble together. Assemble together. It's a commandment that we come together, we love each other, so on and so forth. Now, we're talking about obedience to God's Word and healthy immune systems. There's science that is hidden in God's Word. God doesn't always tell you the why for, you know, why he's telling you to do what you do. But when you follow his word and you live out as he calls you to live out, you do see that, well, um, you get clarity, your emotions balance out, you get some joy, you get some victory, you get healthy. Now, God's not just obviously trying to make us physically healthy. He's, he's trying to get us to understand what it means to have a right relationship with him and how to make heaven our home. But, but, a, but, a byproduct, but there's, there's hidden science in there that we're created to live a certain way. And part of the way we're, uh, he's designed us to be healthy. And um, when we go contrary to his word in disobedience, then it, it, it has an adverse effect upon our, our health. Someone will say, well, what about when someone dies uh, uh, you know, of, 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 of the virus? Doesn't that validate changing human behavior you know, for the church and, 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 and for the whole world? I mean, doesn't that, that validate? I hear what you're saying there in the Scripture, but you know what? So I know somebody, and they died. Well, listen, do we look at it that way? When a plane crashes, we all probably at least know of someone and certainly have read about lots of people who uh, have died in plane crashes or in planes falling out of the sky. So what happens? What happens? Well, generally, there's no political agenda that's wanting to shut down the airlines. Uh, you know, uh, generally there's not. But in times past, anytime somebody brings that up, what if the plane crashes? There's a, there's a whole host of people that are prepared to give you information like what I'll give you right now. Uh, according to 2015 statistics from The Economist, the probability of your plane going down is around 1%. In 5.4 million. Now, are you ready for this? You have a 1 in 100 chance of being killed in an automobile uh, crash. But there are far more people that are terrified of, of flying. And, um, but, <laughs> wow, are you like so much safer in a plane than you are in a car? One in 5.4 million chances 
I'll play those odds. Ah, you want to drive 16 hours to Prescott or fly? Well, my plane might go down. <laughs> well, let's see. Or I'm increasing my... But some people feel, no, I'm going to drive because I just feel safer. But you're not. You have one in 100 chance. Which, those are still pretty good odds. I mean, you know, uh, how many of you ready to stop driving? I'll bet you there's not one person live streaming or here in person tonight or anyone who would ever watch this live stream in the future. One in 100 chance. Well, you know what? That's it. I'm done. Here, here's my keys. Get that car away from me. I don't want it. Get it away from me. I bet you ain't nobody going to do that. And, and, and anyone who's already flying, they're certainly not going to do that. I just comforted, I hope I just comforted a lot of you. Okay, so what are the current stats on COVID? Because we have been, had this pandemic going on now for nine months. What are the stats on that? Because we have them. And, and these are as of, uh, these stats are of August. Current stats with the uh, uh, COVID, you have one and 2,321 chance of dying of COVID-19. WebMD experts um, don't have the information about the outcome of every infection. However, early estimates predict that the overall COVID-19 recovery rate is 97% to 99.75% recovery rate. So you think about that tonight. You have one in 2,321. Those are, that's pretty, 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 pretty good odds. I mean, I mean, you know, it's, but there's that chance. That chance in 2,320, for every 2,321 people, one person dies. Okay. Um, but, you know, you know, lots of people get it, and, and, and out of the people that get it, 97 to 99.75%. That's real close to 100% recovery rate. But, but, but the people are dying in the millions. Um, well, the reality is, is that actually if you do the total death rate for the amount of people that died, total amount of people that died, in the country in 2020, it's no higher than 2019, 2018, 2017. It's, it's all about the same. But it all seems intensified when that's what you focus on. We, we, we could just, uh, you know, the media, if they wanted to, they say, get us video clippings of every plane crash you can find. I want every plane crash you can find. I, you know, comb the country, comb the world, and they could just delude you. They could just, uh, you know, uh, uh, just, uh, uh, you know, um, overwhelm you with uh, uh, video footage for a week. <laughs> Planes blowing up and crashing and burning and all that. And nobody, I'll tell you, it would have an effect. All of a sudden, the airports would get real quiet. So I'm not saying this to because, oh, you know, we just cast all precaution to the wind. But, but, but again, we need real information. We need honest information. And listen, we have real-time case studies. 
we have a very large fellowship, and I get all kinds of scientific experiments that, that nobody really meant it to be a scientific experiment, but it's like Texas Conference. We all went, and there's a few people that had it, and it spread around, and a bunch of people got it, and a couple of weeks later, everybody was over it. And, you know, there's a couple of people here that um, they got sent home from their job. Uh, a few people got sent home from their job because the job said, oh, you had an employee that tested positive and you were working right next to them. You were just like, oh, you know, and, I, I, and we had people here in this church. They said, pastor, I, I was like right next to them. Like we're like, like for hours, we worked right next and they tested positive. Okay, so, you know, we do our due diligence. I tell that person, okay, well, stay home for uh, a time and let's make sure no symptoms occur. And, and every time, they didn't get it. So we've had our own scientific, and I've heard all kinds of cases like that through our whole fellowship of people who said, oh, I was around somebody, they had it, but I didn't get it. And, and it, it happened in my work, but, you know, and, and so we... we Science, honest science is observation and experiment. And the observation and experiment is it's not near as contagious as people say it is. The women here had a baby shower. There was 30 people over there in a small room. They're all, them women are all on top of each other. <laughs> the next morning, sister, oh, I don't feel good. Uh-oh, test a positive. All the women are like, uh, you know, and, and so, but not one other sister got it. Now, this is just real facts. I'm just, I'm not Dr. Fossey. I'm just Pastor Wakefield, and I'm just, you know, I'm just sharing some scientific experiments here. So, but um, being as large of a fellowship as we are, uh, almost 3,000 churches, Thousands, tens and tens of thousands of disciples across the globe. And we've had a few deaths. A few. A few. And so, um, but we've had, we've had hundreds that, you know, uh, get it and get over it. Which matches what the CDC, WebMD says. I mean, they, the health experts themselves are telling you this is 97% recovery rate. And so there's always outliers. And, you know, so again, somebody says, well, what if somebody, somebody dies and da 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 da? Well, again, with these kind of stats and with this kind of information, I'm not willing to shut my life down and, and go hide in a closet somewhere and bathe myself in Perel for the rest of my life. No. I don't want coronavirus, no, 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 no uh, more or less than anybody else. But I'm not willing to alter my entire lifestyle, nor my fellowship with God's people to prevent getting it. And when it first came out, it was pretty, you know, unknown and okay, we're going to work with this. And we, we, we were extra careful. We did all kinds of stuff. But the data came in. And, you know, we began to just say, look, we're not going to live in fear over this. What I'm going to do is I'm going to obey God's word 
and I'm going to continue to allow my immunity system to continue to strengthen. I'm getting, I'm getting older. I can't afford for my immunity system to weaken. And if I'm not coming in contact with other people as God commands me to, I'm going to weaken my immune system. And that's not, that's not good. That's not healthy. Hebrews 9.27, and it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. As I've always said, I believe we can live irresponsibly. We could commit suicide. We could, we could uh, you know, just indulge in all kinds of uh, dangerous activity, uh, 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 substance abuse, so on and so forth. And, and, I, and I think there's some things we could do to make our appointment early. But we won't be late for it. It is once appointed a man to die. And so for some people, you say, uh, oh, what about this person? They died of COVID. It was their time. It was, have we forgotten this? It was their time. And if it wasn't COVID that took them out, it would have been a car. It would have been uh, just the heart. Whatever. When God's ready to bring you home, you're coming home. Or when he's, you know, hopefully it's going to be home for you. <laughs> But when, he, when it's time to stand before God, you're going to stand before God. But I repented of living irresponsibly. I repented of, of, of my old uh, ways that I used to live. I repented uh, of substance abuse and all the dangerous things that I used to do. I repented of disobedience to God. And therefore, I'm confident I will not go before my time. I'm on an airplane, turbulence, I hate turbulence. There ain't nothing more unnerving than turbulence on a plane. But I remind myself in that situation, it's either God's will for me to get back to my congregation or, or it's His will for me to go home. And so... I have a feeling I got some words that I got just two days ago and some fresh vision that God showed me. I don't think God would have given me that and showed that all to me. So I'm like, I, I don't have to sit there and freak out and panic. Oh, we're all going to die. Because I think, I think we're not. I think we're just going to bumpy turbulence. It's going to smooth out, and I'm going to get where I'm supposed to go because God is doing things. God has plans, and God has shown me some things. And, and I'm, if he hadn't spoke to me in a while, and he hasn't shown me any fresh vision, then I might be a little more worried about the turbulence. <laughs> oh, God, does this explain why you haven't said anything to me in the last six months? <laughs> and so another thing that I've been saying through this whole pandemic, and I'm going to say it again tonight, Nothing about God's word ever, ever, ever stops being true. Nothing about God. Think this will help you tonight. Please listen to what I'm saying. This will help you. Nothing about God. This the Bible says, "Let God's word, uh, let God be true, and every man a liar." That's a pretty accurate assessment. <laughs> but from the Common English Bible, Hebrews ten twenty four through twenty five. And let us consider each other carefully for the purpose of sparking love and good deeds. 
Don't stop meeting together unless there's a pandemic. Unless COVID-19 strikes. No, that's not there. God's like, well, you know, man, I, I guess I made a mistake. And no, he didn't. He doesn't make mistakes. It's impossible. Listen, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm being very serious here tonight. Do we believe God's word or not? Is God's word not above what man says? Is God's word not above science that moves the goalposts? Is God's word not above the best science that man could possibly come up with? Let us consider each other carefully. Verse 25, don't stop meeting together with other believers. Why? Because, well, there's, there's things <laughs> that are involved <clears throat> with you doing that that has a positive effect upon your life, your mind, your heart, your spirit. You've you got to have, God's not saying all the reasons why you need to do that. There's obvious reasons, but there's a lot of other reasons he's not saying why. You have to trust God. Don't stop meeting together with other believers, which some people have gotten into the habit of doing. Instead, encourage each other, especially, especially as you see the day approaching. What is the day? The day of Jesus Christ's return. We're living in the last days. So he says, he doesn't address any, uh, he doesn't, if there was some exceptions, he would give it to us. He says, you meet together even more so, because you need it. Now, I need to close this up. Thirdly, following productive science by following God's Word. Productive science is honest science, not junk science, not mere manipulation for population control. The key to following the correct science has always been Simply obeying and following God's word. If you really follow God's word faithfully, you will inadvertently uh, be following the best science uh, that can be followed. Genesis 17, 12. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male child in your generations... He who is born in your house or brought, bought with money from a foreigner who is not your descendant. Very interesting. Again, I said at the beginning of the sermon, God, he knows what works best in his creation. He knows. He's the, he's the designer. He created things. So when he says do something, just do it because it's always going to be what's best and it's always what's going to match the best science. And so this is interesting. Why can't we circumcise the kid when he's first born? Day one, just get it over with. Why can't we do it on day two or day three? Seven is the number that is most associated. That's uh, God's number, the number seven. Why, what's eight? <laughs> Why eight? But that's what he says. Leviticus 12, 2 and 3, NIV. Say to the Israelites, a woman who becomes pregnant and gives birth to a son will be ceremonially unclean for seven days. 
just as she is unclean during her monthly period. Verse 3, on the eighth day, the boy is to be circumcised. Oh, here we go again. I want these boys circumcised, God says, and I want it done on the eighth day. Why the eighth day? Shut up and just do what I said. <laughs> That's not there, but I would just wonder if in those days, if people want, why do they got to be the eighth day? I'm going to get this out of the way. I'm going to be busy tomorrow. God said tomorrow, today is the seventh day. Okay. But see, in the Bible, God never says why. You will not find anywhere in the Bible why the eighth day. He doesn't always tell us why. But listen, thousands of years later, thousands of years later after Genesis and Leviticus, in 1872, Alexander Schmidt was credited for his research with blood clotting. He was the man responsible for naming the enzyme prothrombin. I can't say it probably right, but in the 20th century, it was discovered that vitamin K coupled with prothrombin causes blood clotting and coagulation. According to the American Pregnancy Association, the Jewish circumcision procedure is usually performed on or shortly after the eighth day from birth when clotting factors in the baby's blood are at their highest levels. God knew that. They don't want the baby to bleed to death from circumcision. And his, his blood is kind of thin, and it'll be bleeding all over the place. But on the eighth day, the way I've created human beings, the blood clotting capabilities are at the highest level. The award-winning giving birth naturally also supports this case. Newborn levels of vitamin K peak on the eighth day. An article shared by famous surgeon and New York Times bestseller, Dr. Joseph uh, Mercola, also states, Day 8 is said to be the, listen to this, the only time in a baby's life when his prothrombin level will naturally exceed 100% normal. When God gives us some specific commands... <laughs> We'll be very wise to just not question them, say, he's God, we're not, let's just do what God says. And you will automatically be following the science for being the healthiest you can possibly be. Living nearly the last 30 years of my life, amongst the assembly of God's people. Sharing spit microphones, sharing spit pulpits, and all that is involved in just 30 years of living my life amongst the assembly of God's people I know from firsthand revelations that there is very beneficial science behind it. If I couldn't be around God's people, I would begin to feel sick. 
what it does for my mind, my heart. And there's so many of you, you will testify about this. You were here, you were part, you left, and then you came back and you said, oh, Pastor, it feels so good to be back in church. You feel healthy again, don't you? One day in heaven, we'll understand even more. God will say, now, come here. You thought you knew all the reasons why I told you to not forsake the assembling of you. Let me, let me line you out on some things. If you, this is all the things you actually benefited from. And it's going to cover your mind, your heart, your soul, your spirit, your, your physical body. As I've said from the beginning, of all, you know, through all of this, good health and well-being is far more than just the absence of a virus. Good health and well-being begins with committing our lives to God that becomes evidenced by following His Word. And when you do that, you're following the hidden science that is in God's Word. And you will know you're following good science because you will be healthy. Exodus 15, 26, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord, your God, and you do what is right in His sight, Give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases on you, which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who, if you diligently heed my voice. Amen. And Jesus, we know, says, I will build my church, the ecclesia, the assembly. And he says, and don't forsake the assembly. And even more so, if you want to be healthy, as you see the day getting closer to Jesus coming, don't let anything trick you, scare you, or lead you to think that you should not assemble with God's people. Following the science within God's word. Amen. I couldn't think of a better message for God to drop into my spirit on the last night, last service of 2020, and to prepare our hearts for moving forward in 2021. Amen. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. No one's looking around for just a moment.